Kyle, thanks so much for joining Speaking of Making Healthcare Work for You, Different Perspectives and Empowering Solutions. I'm Stephanie Fields, joined by my co-host, Dr. Apoorv Gupta, and today we're welcomed by Dr. Rebecca Wineland, who is the Medical Director of Labor and Delivery at the Medical University of South Carolina and also an Associate Professor of Maternal Fetal Medicine at the Medical University of South Carolina. Dr. Wineland, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. We're excited to talk to you today about a super timely and really important topic, which is COVID vaccinations in pregnant women. Please tell us what's going on, you know, specifically in South Carolina and nationwide, what you're seeing and what needs to happen. Absolutely. So 23% of pregnant women are vaccinated in the United States, which is a very, very low number. And initially, I think that there was a lot of concern um, about getting vaccinated in pregnancy, uh, a lot of myths that were going around. And initially about a year ago, we thought that people who had, women who had COVID were essentially similar to the general population in terms of how they were getting ill and how they were getting sick. We were not seeing them as sick um, as people that were elderly or had many comorbidities. However, that has drastically changed in the last two months. The Delta variant has been horrendous for pregnant women. We know that pregnant women who are not vaccinated and who get COVID, which at least in South Carolina right now is about 92% of the Delta variants, um, are much more likely to die, to be in an ICU setting, to have a preterm birth, preeclampsia, Um, and a whole host of long-term side effects, including harm to their lungs. It has been absolutely devastating what myself and my partners have seen um, in the last two months. It is a different world than it was six months ago. I tell all of our pregnant women um, how sick these women are becoming, even if they don't have any other medical problems, that just pregnancy itself will increase your risk to be in an ICU. Wow. So, so Dr. Weinland, are, the, are these women then hesitant to get it because they're pregnant or were they already hesitant to get the vaccine? Is it a combination of the two? I think it's a combo. I think in the beginning, although we were supportive of the vaccine, let's say six months ago, we were saying, all right, well, you know, we're working on information. You know, we do sub- absolutely support the vaccine, but we were not having the same life and death conversation that we are having with people now. And I think that social media and um, a lot of outlets have been putting out incorrect information, that it is harmful to your pregnancy, that the vaccine was rushed, things that we have not at all been seeing this vaccine has been more scrutinized than any vaccine ever before. Mm -hmm. And the data that we have from the CDC, the data that we have from national organizations and even in Europe, Israel, is that this vaccine is safe in pregnancy. It does not increase the risk of miscarriage. It does not increase the risk of birth defects or any other types of harm in pregnancy. But the COVID illness itself is devastating. Is there any point where it's too late? Like if somebody now is in their third trimester or 34 weeks, you know, getting close to the end, is it too late to get it? And then if, if they, if they have the, if they get the vaccine, say at 34 weeks, they get dose one, are they still getting any protection or is it not beneficial if you can't get both doses before the baby is delivered? 
Yeah, great question. We still think that even one dose um, is at least possibly 25% effective, depending on which um, vaccine that you're getting. And any protection um, is great. And if the person is getting the Johnson Johnson vaccine, you know, two weeks after one dose, they're completely vaccinated. Um, we are offering it to patients on labor and delivery. Um, even when they're just coming in to be delivered, we're offering it to our antepartum patients, which are patients that are sick, pregnant, but stable enough not to be delivered. And we offer the vaccine to those patients. The sooner you can get the vaccine, the better off you are, even if you can't get both doses within pregnancy. Dr. Weinland, are you seeing the same uh, political kind of uh, challenges with this and in terms of uh, who wants to get the vaccine and who doesn't for uh, pregnancy? And, and relatedly, are you seeing uh, a spread then across uh, the country in terms of which states are you seeing uh, you know, better adoption of the vaccine in pregnancy? Yes. Um, I've spoken to a lot of my friends in Boston, New Haven, and New York, and they are not, although they're still seeing people who are unvaccinated get sick, they are not seeing the numbers that we are seeing in South Carolina. And I do think that that's from misinformation, um, politics, a multitude of reasons, but the South is um, getting this worse than the rest of the country, at least in terms of pregnant women right now. Dr. Weiland actually treated me for a day or two when I first arrived and was able to stabilize me and send me to the antenatal unit. And so I do have a lot of South Carolina friends, but then we moved back home to Pennsylvania. And so I have a lot of Pennsylvania friends and I, I feel like I'm watching the future and people are constantly three to four times a day on my Facebook from South Carolina are saying that people are hospitalized or dying. And my Pennsylvania ones are not at this point, but it's alarming because there's still that hesitancy. What in the world do you do? What is it when you see the people who it's finally clicking for? Or what is it that's, you know, making that, finally hitting that button that's saying, oh my God, yes, I need this. This is making a difference. Is it them having an experience with somebody in their family or is it yeah. that it's finally just connecting? I think it's usually family members or someone close to them that's gotten sick, that was healthy. And sometimes when we bring up the vaccine, um, patients are shocked that they could get it when they were pregnant, that they did not realize that. And that's certainly... I you know, take full responsibility for that if we were not talking, the, talking about the vaccine enough you know, four to six months ago, um, that at this point they thought, oh, I just thought I could get it once I was delivered and not realize all of the devastating illnesses that can happen to them while they're pregnant. But for people who have been declining it, it's been hard to convince. Um, some of their family members, will also say, well, my mother doesn't want me to get it. My family really feels strongly that I don't need to get it. Um, I think the times that it clicks though is when they do have another family member that gets sick and is in the hospital or passes away um, and then they're more willing. Patients who do get sick from severe COVID who come to the hospital are more willing. But unfortunately for some of those patients, it is too late. And although we can still vaccinate them at, at a point in time, it's not gonna help them right now while they're in the hospital. And I think every patient that gets admitted is honestly shocked that they are this sick. 
Uh, and other socioeconomic barriers also, I'm imagining that all the things we're hearing about in the general population in terms of uh, uh, you know, their economic status, as well as maybe their uh, racial ethnicity status, uh, potentially even age, even though it's pregnant women, there's still a, a gap of uh, a range of ages. So are you seeing differences in any of those areas as well? Yes, I mean, particularly age. You know, a 20-something-year-old woman is going to think she's a bit more invincible. We had heard so much about COVID in the past being elderly and people who have comorbidities and to think, well, I'm 25, I have no issues, I'm not obese. What are my risks really of, of getting co a severe COVID illness? Um, I think that, you know, disparities as well in terms of transportation, even to get to a nearby CVS, Walmart, and then be able to get your second shot to have family members that support you in getting the vaccine has also been a barrier. Um, I had that issue this week where a patient was all on board to get it. And then her mother said, no, you cannot get this. And she really wanted to listen to her mom, despite speaking to her mom. Um, I want patients also to be able to ask the questions that they're worried about, um, about fertility, about concerns with the pregnancy. All of us, OBs, GYNs, family medicine, internal medicine are more than willing to sit down or talk to these patients on the phone and go through every single one of their concerns because no vaccine has been more scrutinized. We have so much information about it and we know the safety data is there, especially in pregnancy. Um, we had a recent study that came out from JAMA about two weeks ago talking about last year's COVID and how women were 15 more times likely to die, 14 more times likely to end up intubated. And the data we're gonna get from the Delta variant is gonna be astronomically more high than that. And so incredibly scary um, when that data comes out. I'm stunned, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that you're, you're uh, you know, educating us, opening our eyes and opening the eyes of the audience. Uh, I think, I guess my question is, are you seeing with all of this push that you're now trying to make, I know you mentioned at the outset, the rates are still low. Are you seeing an uptake? I mean, even if it's uh, slow, are you starting to see that improve, the situation improve at all? Uptake of the vaccine? Yes. Yes. Yes, we are. Um, I think having these very blunt talks with patients um, that it's absolutely recommended without a doubt has helped. And having social media stories about pregnant women that have been dying, never getting to meet their children, um, and having that stark reality out there that we have seen an increase. It's been a slow increase, but it's been there. Wow. It's so devastating to see. And I mean, again, going back to my South Carolina newsfeed, I saw there were four people, four administrators in one school district that died in one week. And one of them was a woman who had a baby two weeks ago. You know, I don't know if she was vaccinated or not, but I mean, those stories exist. And so what is your, your biggest message your biggest thing that you could tell to people that you want them to know? I'm sure that you're vaccinated. I'm sure that you would tell your family to get vaccinated. So what is it that's going to, do you think is going to help get them over that barrier that you can tell them? Sure. Cause I know MUSC is trying to send this message to the state for sure. None of the women that we have admitted to the ICU or even on our um, antepartum floor requiring oxygen have been vaccinated, none of them. So vaccinated women, although yes, you can still get COVID, you're gonna get a mild form and you're unlikely to die from it or be in the ICU. Unvaccinated women, unfortunately, are getting very, very sick in pregnancy. 
Thank you so much, Dr. Weinland. I really appreciate being here and talking about this and hopefully people are hearing this and it's resonating because it's such an important message. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. So powerful. Thank you. I hope we get to cover everything you want through Dr. Weinland. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll talk to you all soon. Bye-bye.